Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the TV pilot's license flight number 40 with service to Washington, D.C. and the Jeffersonian Institute. We ask that you please fasten your headphones at this time, secure your podcasting device, and remember, if your neighbor happens to be staring at a skull pensively, we would recommend not disturbing them, as they may be proficient in martial arts. Welcome to the TV Pilot's License. My name is Jeff Curvis, joined by Rich Inman and Max Singer. How are you boys doing today? Bones. 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 <laughs> Jeff, I like how by your logic, if you're staring at a skull, you're either reciting Hamlet or preparing to do jujitsu. It is also, one or the other. I also love that you're you're just like bringing the the flights are landing at specific buildings now. I don't know if we're, I don't know if that's a good continuous thing to have as a, as a every single building has a helipad. <laughs> I really oh, can't we're helicopter wait to, pilots. Yeah, I can't wait for our spinoff, which is the helicopter pilots uh, TV show. That's oh. where we only talk about spinoffs. Um, well. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the, uh, uh, isn't, isn't there like a crime solving, like helicopter chase show? It's like Airhawk or something like that. I forgot oh, what it's called. If we ever dive into reality TV a little bit more, then we're definitely going to be doing that. Um, the, the reason that I know we're critics and not writers is that it took us 40 episodes of the show to give you the exposition of we're on a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Sorry, it well, was Airwolf, starring <laughs> starring Jan Michael Vincent. That was the name of the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm really... Oh, God. Well, boys, this week we are talking about our first procedural, really, uh, for the most part, as long as you don't count X-Files, uh, even though that will come up in this podcast. We're talking about Bones. Uh, but before we dive too much into this pilot... Max, do you mind telling us what this podcast is all about? Sure thing. So here at TV Pilots License, we break down and analyze the pilot episodes of some of TV's most famous, or in some cases, infamous shows. We learn about how these shows came to be, discuss if their pilots are effective and make us want to watch more, and if we think they could still be made or remade today. We've got a whole bank of episodes wherever you get your podcasts from, so go back and listen to shows you may know and love. Check us out on YouTube to see our beautiful smiling faces, and if it is your first time flying with us, then welcome aboard. Amazing. And Rich, what is your question of the week? Okay, so um, I did not know going into this show that there is a character whose nickname is Bones. I thought this was just a show about Bones. And I want to know who, <laughs> if you can name any other examples of someone being so proficient in their career that they just get the nickname of the thing that they study. Like, I know there, I mean, there's like Basketball Jones, but that's a, that's a, it's a fake, it's a fake character. It's not a real character. I mean, I guess this person isn't really either, but uh, can you think of any other example of this? Oh my God. That, that is, uh, I, uh... Like, I think the amazing part about that, right, is you are only identified by what you do or like, like, or like being named by an adjective, right? Like there was a kid <laughs> in my high school who was, um, let's be honest, he was a pervert. Uh, so, oh. you know, we called it, we just called him the pervert, uh, oh. and like that, that, that's okay. it. So, <laughs> so, so, so you, you went know, to a creative, you went to a creative arts high school, basically is what you're saying. Yeah, no. So we just, you know, we stuck to the idea that, you know, he is so good at being a pervert. That's the pervert. Um, but Max, I'm interested. Oh, what God. about you? <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I think it's great. There's two professional Hall of Fame baseball players who were just so good at hitting home runs that we called them hammering. Uh, you've got both <laughs> Hank Aaron and Harmon Killebrew who earned the exact same nickname for just being able to hit a ball far. It's beautiful. Well, Rich, what about uh, you? Oh God, I can't think of a single other example. I just like I just kept going back to Basketball Jones, which is just a song made by Cheech and Chong. And I, I will give one a little bit more family-friendly example. Uh, Gary Payton had the great nickname of The Glove. 
um, which I think is just a once again though, very this is solid not, nickname. His nickname would have to be basketball to play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about what about um, Paddington Two? Brenda Gleason's character of Knuckles McGinty. Ooh, that's a really solid nickname. That's what, I, that's what you're like famous for. Um, well, Rich, thank you for that question of the week. Max, I actually, we were talking beforehand. Um, we're recording this right before Memorial Day weekend. Um, and it's actually a super interesting coincidence um, that there are some pretty major shows actually ending uh, right before we, right after we record this. Yeah, like as a, as a TV podcast uh, who's, you know, worth a lick. We need to highlight that before this episode airs, four of the most Emmy-dominating shows of the last half decade are all ending their runs in the next few days. So you're getting the finale of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel on Amazon Prime, Sunday night uh, bidding adieu to both Barry and Secession over at HBO, and then uh, top of the week, we are allegedly saying goodbye to Ted Lasso over at Apple TV. I guess we'll know if that's a little more finite or not by the time this podcast comes out. And so with these shows that have dominated the acting categories, the writing categories, comedy, I mean, really just run the Emmys the last couple of seasons, which of these four are you either the saddest to lose hmm. or uh, the most appreciative <laughs> that you never have to hear about it again? Um, <laughs> either right. or, take your pick. <laughs> Rich, after you. <laughs> All right. Uh, 100% saddest to lose is Barry. Um, Barry, I had, I, I mean, Bill Hader's one of my favorite uh, actors or comedic actors of all time, but I feel like they're, they have explored so many twists that have kept me captivated for such a long time at this point that I keep setting my expectations like higher and higher, and they keep surpassing that by seemingly insurmountable uh numbers um and the one i'm like a little excited to lose is uh ted lasso um i think we're kind of like i think we're at a point right now where we have kind of exhausted the character a, a little bit like I, I think right now the character has been kind of toying with leaving England altogether. And I'm like, I'm not following him back to Kansas. I'm not following him to a German soccer team. I'm not following him to any other. I'm not following him to Dubai. Like <laughs> these, these are, uh, I, I I'm kind of done with, I, I appreciate it for what it was, but I'm done with everything. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Um, so let's, let me be clear, Rich. I absolutely agree with you on Barry. Oh, I thought you were um, about I to do an Obama is... impression. No, I, <laughs> I, I definitely don't do that impression. It's not <laughs> in my uh, repertoire. Uh, but talking about things that are in my repertoire, I'm also very sad to be losing Marvelous Mrs. Maisel because uh, I'm worried about Jews representing Italians and Italians representing Jews that will really step back our relations as a whole. Uh, we need to get something to really replace that immediately uh, so that, you know, good Italian actors have something to be re representing that is not Italians and Jews have something that they can represent. With that being said, um, let me just say why I am excited for Ted Lasso and Succession to be ending. One, um, since our Succession episode, I've been watching Succession. It's awesome. I'm really excited to see where it goes. And I have all the blocks on Twitter. Sounds uh, like you got since, a sale, Max. Um, but since Ted Lasso has been on the air, there is one question that has come up at every dinner party or event that I've gone to. And is, do you watch Ted Lasso? I cannot wait to not get that question anymore. I, I need something else. Let's talk about anything else that is happening in the world. And like, yes, I host a TV podcast, but I want to talk about other shows. Uh, please, there's so many other things to talk about. Max, what about you? Oh, man. I'm debating just going full hater against all four of these shows. Um, Maisel, I haven't watched in the last two seasons, and it is fascinating to me that a show that hits such highs also seems to have just fallen off the 
general conscience radar the last two years. Although I do agree with you, Jeff, I'm worried about the Jewish Italian Alliance and what roles will come up in the future for these actors. Uh, Ted Lasso, I feel really bad for people who do all the dance moves to the Pete Buttigieg high hopes dance. I don't know what show they're going to watch now. Um, I think the show I am saddest to lose is Barry, though, just because it's a show that constantly subverted my expectations as a viewer. And all the respect to Bill Hader, but that show's supporting cast are my favorite people mm-hmm. working in comedy. The stuff that week after week, Stephen Root, Henry Winkler, Anthony Kerrigan, especially as Noho Hank, have all done over these four seasons. Um, I'm really glad that Hader and Winkler have gotten their flowers with Emmy and Golden Globe wins, respectively. Uh, I really hope that there is a snowball's chance that either Stephen Root or especially Anthony Kerrigan can sneak in there and uh, unseat Brett Goldstein for the supporting actor category. Although you also now have Abbott Elementary that's really uh, posing a threat in that category too. But uh, yeah, these are all four four great shows. And I I think they're all going to be remembered for a long time. And all four of them are definitely worth a watch or a rewatch if you aren't familiar with them. Awesome. Well, that was delightful to be able to talk about. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about Bones. And we'll start off with a quick synopsis. Best in her field, forensic anthropologist Dr. Temperance Brennan and FBI Special Agent Celie Booth work together to solve gruesome homicides with help from the rest of the Jeffersonian Anthropology Unit, as well as the FBI. Murderers are being brought to justice in no time. Uh, With that very, very in-depth explanation of the procedural. Max, how did this show get made? So today we are talking about the pilot of Bones, which aired on Fox on September 13th, 2005. And we're going to be talking about its creator and writer, a gentleman by the name of Hart Hansen, who also sounds like a uh, character from a procedural. So (laughs) Hart Hansen actually is a Canadian writer who gets his start with a lot of uh, Canadian comedies and dramas, CBC shows, and then goes on to create the very successful Canadian drama, Traders. Traders at its time was the longest running drama in Canadian TV history and goes on to win a whole bunch of Gemini Awards, which are Canada's highest rated TV honor. Although I don't know why they call them the Geminis when the Amy's were right there for the taking. Uh, the success of Traders gets him jobs as a writer and producer on American shows like Stargate SG-1, Cupid, which is a short-lived sitcom from Rob Thomas of Veronica Mars and Party Down fame, not a smooth featuring Santana fame, uh, along with Joan of Arcadia and Judging Amy. So Hanson strikes a development deal with 20th Century Fox, and in 2004, the network approaches him with a property owned by producer Barry Josephson, who you may know uh, as an executive producer on movies like The Last Boy Scout, Wild Wild West, and most importantly, Like Mike. Uh, Josephson has acquired the rights to a documentary about Kathy Reichs, a real forensic anthropologist and author. Uh, Reichs has written a series of novels about a forensic anthropologist detective named Temperance Brennan, and uh, they basically want Hanson to develop this into a TV series. He has no interest in doing a forensic show about doing a procedural, but he takes the meeting with Josephson is it kind of encouraged to add his own spin? They want him to make the genre his own, and he ends up taking a crack at a pilot. Reichs actually stays super involved in the show's process, um, is a credited co-writer on this pilot, and basically reads every script and helps this to- show take shape. Uh, that pilot gets picked up to an initial short order by Fox, but after its third episode is picked up to a full 22-episode run, and based on what I can tell, it never looked back. Good Lord. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, this show is a bit of a juggernaut. We'll talk a little bit about the legacy as a whole, but Max, thank you for that history. Uh, Let's dive into Bones. Um, Let's find out uh, if the bones are good. Oh my God. To quote Marin Morris. (laughs) Um, I I don't think we're going to be talking about a house, but let's start off by talking about something that we're super familiar with, which is airports. Um, We start (laughs) off being told that we are going to be landing in Dulles Airport. Not only are we not landing in Dulles Airport, are we seeing shots of Dulles Airport? We're seeing shots of Reagan International. 
not only is this not Dulles Airport or Reagan International, this is the L.A. Convention Center. I would recognize this from anywhere. <laughs> um, but we meet one of our characters, Angela, who is, uh, you know, this is 2005. Uh, and I have a quick question for you. If you had to deal with a rude gate agent uh, who was not willing to speak to you, um, how would you get their attention? Because Angela chose to show off her cute bralette uh, as opposed to talking through what uh or saying hey you know what can i wait a second for your attention a pretty insane start to the show in general i have no idea why they had to make this part of the show because this character doesn't come back for another like half hour i'm like how how important is this person to the show that they just like they have her be uh they have her flash the cold open and uh, and then she doesn't come back. Like how uh, how crucial should we preference uh, preference preface all of this by asking Jeff how many of these episodes have you watched before this show? Oh my you, god, the you, smile! You don't want to know the number, Rich. <laughs> I, I, I will say uh, on my in my defense, it is not all of them. I I did stop at a point. This show does hypothetically jump the shark, uh, but. Today, we're just talking about the pilot. So let's just focus in on the bonkersness <laughs> of this pilot. In case you're forgetting that this show was made by Fox in the mid-2000s, it is 30 seconds in before a woman takes her shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> but we... Yeah, go ahead, Rich. Uh, it was the simple life back then, Max. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. Um, so through this first scene it's just a gigantic exposition dump right meet angela who works at the jeffersonian institute meet temperance bones brennan who we will now only be referring to as bones throughout the rest of this because temperance is just way too much and if i say dr brennan i don't think that really executes what's intended in this instance no we're, we're yeah doing I, bones. I just I'm have to say I, I know <laughs> I, I know that it's a big plot point that she hates the nickname Bones, but I don't think this show is nearly as successful if they commit to calling her Temperance every single time they refer to her. Like, Brennan, fine. Bones, fantastic. If this show insists on calling her Temperance every time she's on screen, I think it gets maybe half a season. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> so, we, like, through this exposition dump, it turns out um, Bones was in Guatemala. Uh, helping with uh, identification of uh, genocide victims in this instance. Um, And we see, oh, Homeland Security tries to stop her. She takes down the guy who doesn't really announce himself. And there's a skull in her bag. Ooh, scary. But also like the idea of um, we have to take this woman seriously. She is not your usual anthropologist. She should have known better that you don't take your work home with you. (laughs) um but from here we go into our next scene we get to meet um our other co-star this is Celie uh booth who is played by david boreanaz um and this was all just a big old ploy uh so that Celie could take her from the airport and have her help out with a case uh that has been troubling her there was a body found in the um, at Arlington Cemetery, and Bones wants in on the case. Um, I will just note, I really like the chemistry between these two actors, but in addition to that, this is some of the most horrendous green screen driving I have ever seen in my life, uh, and I cannot go uh, ignored in this instance. It's like it's like in... There's also such a ham-fisted... Oh, there's such a ham-fisted, uh, like, procedural dialogue set up for what the case is, where uh, Sealy Mattress Booth, as we're going to refer <laughs> to him from now on, is like, uh, there was a corpse in Arlington National Cemetery, and Bones is like, yeah, it's a cemetery, there's a lot of corpses there, it's like, this one wasn't in a casket, it's like, oh my <laughs> god, it also reminds me of, there was this... There was this tweet that I saw where a guy was like, have you seen the price of funerals these days? Bury me loose. And the entire time I was watching this, I just kept thinking of bury me loose. Um, just just two things um, that 
I really wanted to make sure I stated. Rich, um, who do you think Booth is related to in just like American history? Oh God. Uh, well, I mean, there's only one Booth that I know, and it's uh, it's it's uh, the yep. famous actor John Wilkes Booth. Yep. Nope. It's just the famous actor John Wilkes Booth who did nothing else. That is implied in the future of this show. Oh uh, my God! Why they did not have to do that at all? Why would they do that? <laughs> <laughs> also, because it's a Fox procedural. Also, he just stuck around in DC. The whole family just stuck around. <laughs> Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention is there was, so there's this negotiation, right? Between Bones and Booth with the idea of, Hey, Bones wants to go out in the field. She wants to be helping. She wants to not just be, uh, I think they called him a squint, uh, in this instance, that was like the nasty nickname for anyone who worked at the Jeffersonian who was taken out to the field. Uh, but Booth makes a X-Files reference where he's like, you'll be the Scully to my Mulder, uh, which Bones does not get, but like a quick, cute little nod to another beloved Fox property, which, you know, part of the TV pilots uh, license universe as well. Uh, Check out our X-Files episode for a even better procedural uh, TV show. (laughs) We we love corporate synergy here, don't we, folks? (laughs) Um, But it's like... One of the things that I forgot about this show, because it's been some time since I just sat down and watched it, was there are some really cheeky lines that are in this pilot. One that comes to mind is, like, it's like a pornography, you'll know it when you see it, Uh, when they're, like, examining the lake. And it's just so out of left field that I was like, oh, oh, okay. It's so weird that a character just randomly quotes like an old Supreme Court justice case in that in that instance too, because that's um that's Potter Stewart in the 1960s on obscenity. That's dealing with like Letty Bruce yeah. and things like that. Like I I know it when I see it, and it feels like such a forced line of dialogue to be like we're government, we're important. Like we, we call the shots. It's just, it's just a weird out of left. I'm so glad that you guys me. brought that up because like I have most of my notes are about what the hell are they talking about lines in this show? Because like, uh, <laughs> there's like a one, there's like the really annoying lab tech that keeps like dropping really weird, Zach. like, yeah. yeah, like incel variety lines, like, like incel adjacent lines is like, uh, I, I, in fact, he be uh, against the incel thing, but he drops. Uh, I'm not a virgin. Far from it, in fact. <laughs> which, which is so so uh, unnecessary. So unnecessary. Um. So from here, we we see this body, and then we get the intro. Um. I will say, hearing the intro music brought me back in. We get you know that very there there are. If you didn't think there were bones in this TV show, boy, did the <laughs> intro tell you there's going to be a lot of bones uh, in this show. This funky electric rave music. You want to get your glow sticks out and start just waving them around. With yeah, the listen up, the there's going to be bones in this. <laughs> <laughs> but we're brought to the Jeffersonian Museum, Jeffersonian Institute. Obviously, this is supposed to be a play on the Smithsonian. I actually looked it up. The Smithsonian Institute's website has an entire thing about the Jeffersonian Institute on uh, the site, which I found hysterical. Uh, Don't worry. This is not the Smithsonian Institute. This is actually another. uh, I couldn't get the naming right. The Dr. Uh, Theodore T. Alexander Science Center in uh, Los Angeles at Exposition Park. So, you know, uh, we really just wanted to film in Los Angeles. And you would think, oh, we're trying to limit the budget. But then you see this set and holy shit, this is the largest. Wait, wait, Jeff. I I thought you just said that a guy's name was Dr. Alexander T. Science Center (laughs) for a moment there. Yeah, see, that should have been the perfect example for uh, for the Bones question. <laughs> but, like, that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, Fox definitely thought they had something. Because you're not creating this gigantic large set. And there's other examples in the show with, like, holograms and, like, 3D stuff where, like, Fox put a shitload of money into this pilot 
Uh, and that's not usually a thing that we're used to or see with shows like this as a whole. Did did it strike you as much as me, or am I just here being like, wow, Fox was like really interested in this in the mid-2000s? No, it's clearly they just went all in on this show. I think House had premiered a year before, and the guy who actually directed this pilot was uh, a director on House as well. I feel like they're just looking to supercharge their roster. They still, at this point, have a lot of success with the OC, and it just feels like they're trying to create this like sleek, sexy, primetime lineup. Because, yeah, this set is unbelievable this like freaking airport <laughs> hangar of a botanical garden slash laboratory they've built uh somewhere on the fox lot off of pico here <laughs> in los angeles um but we get a little bit more background about brennan right or bones excuse me uh in the idea yeah i know yeah, i should call you? her by her given name uh stick to so your guns man bones it turns out is a writer um of sorts she writes uh these crime mysteries which is a fun nod to the idea of what these it's like the show goes very meta in the sense of like oh you get it like because this was based off of a series of books like she she writes the books uh that these are based off of oh um but we like also use these scenes as gigantic exposition dumps right like brennan is such an expert at what she does bones is such an expert at what she does i'm gonna get it right uh that she is able to tell like everything about this set the skeleton just by looking at it oh tennis player five foot three um oh you know probably uh female just based off of all these things this is where this expertise comes from and how the audience is supposed to understand like hey this is the best of the best that we're dealing with I do like to imagine there's like a never ending uh, like the Bushka doll cycle where it's like the show Bones is inspired by a forensic uh, scientist who wrote these books about a forensic scientist. And then there again, Bones is like Bones is a forensic scientist who wrote a book about a forensic scientist who wrote a book who wrote who's a forensic scientist who wrote a book. And, like, and they were so all published by Alex it. T. Science Center. This scene has one of my least favorite lines of dialogue I think we've done in Hell the entire yeah. duration oh, of this hold podcast. Hold on, hold on, though. let me prepare for this. Um, uh, and it, it's the line, it's not polite to talk about tapping asses in front of a soaker. <laughs> I didn't even remember that. that oh, God. Um, so... Everything about that line I hate. I hate every single yeah, word that, in yeah, that that's, that's the... Absolutely, our number one on that's the Mount Rushmore of bad dialogue in this. <laughs> so, um, we get another instance of how much Fox believed in this show. The first instance of non electronic music, uh, with Collide by Howie Day. Dude, oh my god, <laughs> okay, all right. This show, what the fuck are they doing putting Collide in front of a as a montage? For someone repairing skull fragments or build, like essentially creating a three dimensional puzzle piece out of out of a human skull remains, and I, I just like oh my god like it, they wouldn't even do something like that on Scrubs like that's <laughs> it is truly like grotesque I don't know. So this show does something that like we've talked about how like writers' rooms have plot devices or things that they use to like fill time. There is not. This is not the first instance where we have bones stare at bones or put bones together. No, look, if there's one thing that's in the show Bible, in the show Bible, there's one rule. Bones is going to look at bones. You got to have it. (laughs) (laughs) It's what the people, it's what the people came here to see. It's what the advertisers want. All right. So, so we're we're talking about Bones. Obviously, this whole montage of her working like alone yeah. late to the night, right? Yeah. So, it, you say putting together skull fragments, but it's it's truly like moving one piece up, one piece back, <laughs> one piece up. Like I know that she's supposed to be excellent at her job, but I'm not getting any indicators here. Also, in case you forgot, this is mid 2000s Fox. There's like three. Emily Deschanel gown blouse <laughs> shots in this montage so, as well. Fox, baby, talking, we're going to give it to you. We're not even talking about the most egregious thing that happened in this. 
How much money do we think the uh, the Jeffersonian Museum is spending on Elmer's glue? Uh, because that... <laughs> oh man, when she busted out the grade school bottle of Elmer's, I freaked the hell out. I'm like, I, that's all it takes. I I was literally losing my mind because one Elmer's glue was just like, you know what? We got some extra marketing dollars. Let's go to Fox and see how we can get in. And they were like, do you have a, like, a kid's show or anything like that? And they were like, no, we got Literally this sexy no. new forensic procedural. And like, we talked to anthropologists and they use Elmer's glue. So we'll take your 50000 to $100,000 just for this moment. Guys, what if we're just like made of Elmer's glue? Has anyone <laughs> thought about that? What if Elmer's glue is people? So there is like, there's a couple other things that we see happen between now and then. One is um, Bones goes back to her apartment. We find out a little bit more about her ex. What the hell is it with men who've been broken up with to be like, hey, can we like fuck one more time just for like, (laughs) just for good old times? Like it no means no. Like when someone says we're broken up, that does not mean you get like, one get out of jail free card to go and have sex with that person one more time. I thought you were going to say, why do men just break For, into their ex's yeah, apartments and, then and steal have their the TVs? To say like, you know what? Like, we should go splitsies on the TV. You can like pay me for your half of the TV and then we're all good. Here's the only time that's acceptable. It has to be in a heist movie and he has to be the lockpick guy. And and that's how he says, I'm in. <laughs> That's how that's how he gets chosen for the heist. It's like he oh, he still got it. He broke into my house. After this, like this scene didn't really need to be here. This is one of those weird ones where you're just like interesting exposition that I didn't need in a pilot, maybe in the second episode if this gets picked up. Well, I I I disagree because this show needed to do so much telling and absolutely zero showing. At one point the ex-boyfriend uh yeah, What's his name? Sure. P- Peter? Uh, he says, your intimacy issues are probably due to you being an orphan so young. They are just exposition dumping. There is no subtlety here. Uh, we also get the Bones line, I hate psychology and you're just horny. <laughs> oh not, the, not the first, not the only time. But like, there, there's, there's, no, there's no attempt to actually like show us anything about Bones. It's just like we've got an hour, and we know this plot takes all of eighteen minutes. So we're just gonna keep like peppering there, you with bones facts. I think another another really good example of that is um, that they're trying to. Okay, so obviously, like forensic science is like a really uh, popular topic on on procedurals at this particular point um, because of shows like CSI and things like that. <clears throat> uh, there is a moment where they're like, oh, I'll just find another forensic anthropologist. And it's like, where's the closest one? Uh, oh, it's in Montreal. The closest one is in another country. Like, I, I, like they really go heavy-handed with like trying to explain how rare her position is. You don't get the <laughs> nickname Bones if everyone's doing the same job as you. So... Rich, you talked a little bit about Angela. Is Angela a main character? Guess what? She is. Uh, she is our imaging, like, tech specialist of sorts. Um, and we get this really interesting scene where we see, like, hey, more money that Fox poured in because Angela's able to, based off of these specifications, show us who the human being is that uh, was murdered. And we find out, hey, it was a fairly well-known person who was a uh, supposedly had an affair with the senator. Uh, no, Jeff, you got it. You got to say it the way the characters did. <laughs> is that who I think it is? The girl who had the affair with the senator? <laughs> also, like, I don't know anything about like forensic technology or anything like that. But when they are going through this particular scene and they are building the hologram of the potential victim, and they keep adjusting for race based on like oh, different yeah. skull features. What the hell is that? Is this like a phrenology thing? Like what is going on here? You you didn't even mention the most terrifying part of this. Remember, it's 2005. Oh, but wait, is it split is the difference? Is it split a, the difference? Yeah. 
is it is she more of a Lenny Kravitz or Vanessa yes. Williams? And I lost my mind. Also, amazing 2005 references there. Yeah, they're they're big old racial profiling but machine then, here. Like, <laughs> what a coincidence that this was also Booth's case back when it happened. Um, and that Booth wants to take it away because he doesn't want to, he wants this under, you know, like not in the book sort of thing because he thinks that the FBI will get too involved. Um, Bones threatens him. Um, and then we get this really weird Monica Lewinsky line where yeah. um, one of the scientists is like, uh, well, Monica Lewinsky was actually a KGB sex agent mole. Um, is That's what another are they holy doing? shit moment. Yeah, I feel like my list today is just almost all what the hell moments for, for this entire show. Yeah. Um, so let's let's fast forward through a couple things. One, we go to the parents' house to ask them who was involved, what they think could have happened to get this list of suspects. Um, the dad says he the dad who was in the military says he won a bronze star. Uh, you're awarded those just to yeah. That, that's a very Buster Blue yeah. line right there. <laughs> um, we. <clears throat> find out that she was actually pregnant because they find um ear like bones that have to do with the ear um and then we also like we have a little bit more idea of whom angela is in the idea of the show angela is our normal person amongst all of these dorks right uh, she is the one that has the emotional quotient to be able to bring Bones back to reality as a whole. Um, and we get a really wonderful scene. And Rich, I'm very excited to tell you that you are our only audience member <gasps> for the first instance of TV Pilots License Theater. Uh, because there is such a ridiculous exchange that goes on yes. in this scene that I reached out to our theater major and said, how do you feel about strapping back on those <laughs> acting boots and uh, being able to go through this scene? Are, so, Max, are you, are you referring prepared? to our co-host who is currently an actor? <laughs> <laughs> currently doing vocal warm-ups and stretching his face in the, in the bottom screen. So Max is going to be my scene partner. Max will be playing the role of Angela as I will be playing the role of Bones. Um, yes. So um, to, to set the scene, Bones and Angela are in the <laughs> hallway of the building. And Bones has just said, what if I'm only good with Bones and lousy with people? Max, you may proceed. Honey. Do you ever think that maybe you come off a little distant because you connect too much? I hate psychology. It's a soft science. <laughs> I know, but people are mostly soft. No, no, no. <laughs> people are mostly soft. <laughs> Except for their bones. No. <laughs> yeah. You want some advice? Glug, glug, woo-hoo. <laughs> End scene. Um, yes, that. <laughs> oh, man. I, the, the telegraphing, the telegraphing, the, the lead up to someone saying the word bones <laughs> in, that, in that next line is so beautiful. The, this scene broke me. Um, How many WGA awards did that scene get? <laughs> <laughs> Um, Max, Max, go ahead. So this is, it's the second time that Bode says she hates psychology, which is just such a weird thing to keep hammering. It's like, we get it. But also this scene has the hardest outline ever in which Bode says, I'm going to have to push this to the next level, which I don't know what the hell that means. So, Max, let me tell you a little bit about what that means. That means no. assaulting. Oh, fantastic. That means assaulting a United States senator uh, in the Capitol uh, because Bones goes out without Booth uh, to confront two of our suspected murderers. One, the senator who had the affair. 
Uh, and then the second with his, um, basically his assistant in this <laughs> instance. Uh, shout out to the assistant who is, uh, just in my notes, I say, holy shit, Sam Merlot, is that you? Um, <laughs> because we get a true blood callback. I like to think that this was Sam before he opened Merlot's. Yeah. Uh, but like absolutely wonderful. Yeah, his career at DC took such a turn <laughs> south after like the events of this episode that he moved out to deep Louisiana. <laughs> also, vampires happened. Opened now. a bar, changed his name. <laughs> so one of the um one of the things that I will just say is, like, because of this assault, Booth and Bones are off the case tomorrow. Not You're today. off the case. And Turn in your gun and your bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we get, like, we meet a couple of the other folks, right? We meet um, the stalker who obviously is a stalker but says he wasn't he was more of her best personal friend this guy's terrifying uh the actor yeah. shout out his name's chris connor um i know him as poe from altered carbon highly recommend we'll do that show on the podcast some point soon um but one thing i noticed i just want to shout this out for two of the suspects they used the wrong photos in the show as opposed to the actors who were cast as the <laughs> suspects which is just a wild oversight that, like, I noticed and was like, what is happening right now? These are not the people I was shown earlier to expect to see. I love I love a pilot, like, uh, you know these people are getting replaced type situation with, in, a, in a pilot that they're trying to sell. It's like, you did not, you didn't even come close to shooting episode two. Just get them the hell out of here. <laughs> fit, fit them in with, <laughs> I'm just imagining someone wearing like a green, like mocap suit and they just put whatever actor they want in there. I guess that's what the WGA is fighting about right now. <laughs> but let's sort of fast forward a little bit more, right? We're towards the end of this. Um, Celia and Bones have a very sexually chemistry-charged gunfire range uh, encounter, uh, which was definitely intriguing. Um, th this is very much setting up the will they, won't they, in some point of this show, uh, be a couple, so sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, you have to, like, make it a little bit steamy. It's, it's 2005 on Fox. Again, I'm going to keep hitting this point. <laughs> you have David Boreanaz. You have to, David Boreanaz in his contract has to be fucking someone on the show, or at least his character does. This is Angel from Buffy or, the Vampire. Or at least his character Slayer. does. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, um, that quaff, that jawline. I mean, come on. Um, so... From here, basically, they find out that, hey, the senator, they were able to get a warrant. The senator has what appears to be the murder weapon, but some other things aren't lining up. He just and had Bones a hammer has, in his house. <laughs> Bones has a Bones moment and realizes, wait a minute, <laughs> we got the wrong guy. And while drunk on pure alcohol, they are drinking moonshine, basically, at the <laughs> Jeff. Well, well, there, there's, there's olives on garnish sticks. I think they're drinking dirty martinis out of like science beakers. Beakers. Wait, that's the term, right? A science beaker. That's that's what they're yeah, called. Sure. Yeah, that's it. None of us are science majors. Yeah, from from Arthur T. Science Center or whatever. <laughs> Wait, okay. So can we now, from the for the rest of the time we have this podcast, can we only refer to sex as having a bones moment? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but during this epiphany where they're celebrating whom they suspect the senator to be the murderer, they realize it was actually the assistant. Bones doesn't understand why. And Booth is there to explain in this scene where, like, the stalker just sort of shows up and, like, we treat it as, like, yeah, that's cool and fine. Um, but, like, also slightly creepy. Um, and justice is served um i just have a big old sam no in my notes when we confirm that uh the actor actually the actor who portrays this character is the murderer very big fan um, of bones showing up at ken the aide's home and yelling stop you can't destroy evidence <laughs> <laughs> yeah this scene was so weird you have to address like what i know we're trying to push ahead on this because it's a procedural but like we need to talk about how 
bonkers this is. So yes. they they realize over their beaker martinis that there's like a compound used in like cleaning fish tanks yes. that would keep the body from either like decomposing or composing. I don't remember what it is. I'm not a scientist over here, but they're like, oh, Ked the aide has fish tanks. So that must mean that he had the chemical used to, to murder Cleo. He's going to torch the entire house. He's just pouring gasoline over fish <laughs> tanks. He's dumping it on the floor. And then what, is hap- what happens? Bones just shoots him in the leg. We cannot. <laughs> we, I would be remiss if we did not mention that Bones just pops the guy in the leg. Yeah, that's why she had to turn in her gun and her bones. Uh, <laughs> this scene is like the absolute worst. It's like if someone just like watched a couple minutes of Sherlock and just said, hey, try to recreate exactly what you saw from memory. <laughs> and this, this scene also has the worst gun safety. After she pops him and uh, <laughs> like Seely comes in and stuff to, you know, explain everything that we've looked over. She's just waving the thing around. She's just pointing it. She's just flailing this pistol. <laughs> this show has the worst safety protocols. This is this so is... reckless of bones. Max, I can't wait for your your recurring segment, the Max Singer NRA hour. <laughs> oh just down the road from Dollars Airport. Um, so as we end this show with a scene where, you know, they all go to Cleo's funeral um which is like at first i was like oh that's a little weird but then i've thought to myself actually no that happens a lot where either the police or whoever solves this case normally to show respect to the family as a whole and we find out hey this isn't the last time uh that we're Mm -hmm. gonna see this combo uh because they're gonna be creating basically a new unit to help solve and uh the jeffersonian is really excited to explore this partnership as a whole um but that is the end of this pilot were there any things that you loved about this pilot that we did not discuss uh (laughs) i I mean i i think it's both my my love and my wtf which is just how heavy-handed these exposition seeds aren't they just constantly pepper in um they're when it we have like the like kind of hot steamy uh bodes and sealy scene at the gun range and then uh angela comes back in and oh god what's um what's the line here uh oh it, it's like bones's parents disappeared when she was 15 if someone like her had been there maybe they could have done something or when they're at cleo's family's house and the entire thing is like the entire part of that scene is to show that like Seely knows how to connect with the family because he lies to them about what happened to Cleo. And Bones tries to get like really analytical and forensic y. Mm-hmm. And it's just this entire episode. Again, it's like there's 18 minutes of plot and then 42 minutes of people just telling you things about Bones. <laughs> so I'm, I love it I'm and here. I hate it. I'm here for the bones talk. That's it. Rich, any things that you love that we did not discuss? No, can I go on to wait a minute, please? <laughs> uh, let me quickly say what. Yeah, Rich has a bones to pick. Yeah. Oh, there you go. God damn it. Um, what I will say is just in reference, um, I think that there was some dialogue that was a wait a minute moment but also that i enjoyed (laughs) because it was so unique as far as a procedural to hear some of the shit that came out of characters mouths that i was (laughs) like oh i really like this but also like wait a minute what the fuck did we just talk about like lenny kravitz and vanessa williams very casually as a reference Um, uh yeah that was it and like i i won't lie i've watched a lot of this show so like We'll talk about that a little bit later, but Rich, I know you're foaming at the mouth uh, to talk about wait a minute moments. I can't wait to check your bones for rabies, but let's see what your wait a minute moment is now. Don't don't make that face, Max. That's how you check for rabies. <laughs> okay. I, there is a moment that one of the, the texts used a word that I will never want to hear in a TV show ever again, where I have to constantly hear about death. 
over and over and over and over. We are adults. Do not refer to sex as boinking when when this is <laughs> when every other minute of this show is about violent crimes and genocide and forensic anthropology and people trying to like put together pieces of skull fragments to try to solve a murder from from years ago. It's just yep. say sex. Just say sex. This is extremely like this is extremely Fox of the situation where you just have to have the the goriest shit imaginable. Jack Bauer is fighting. Uh, Jack Bauer is fighting uh, terrorists and like you know shooting people and uh, and you know poisoning his own coworkers to try to try to save the country. Um, but then he can't swear. Like it is. <laughs> please, for the love of God, don't ever use boinking in a TV show ever again. All right, end, of, Max, end of Bones rant. What What about you? Wait a minute moments. Uh, Angela's Deix Machina machine that can just create a perfect rendering yeah. out of anyone <laughs> they need to, to identify. Oh, it's God. just, it, it's like, hey, listen, these episodes can't be two-parters. We got to finish these in like 42 minutes because there's going to be a whole <laughs> bunch of commercials on these episodes. And I need to be able to punch a bunch of data in there and we need to get a perfect rendering so we can move this plot along. Mm. I just, I cannot believe the Angela plot device machine is a real thing they have in this lab. And uh, for myself, no notes. Perfect pilot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeff is going to watch 17 episodes later today. Uh, and then um, I, I'd like to inform you, gentlemen, that I am contractually obligated by David Boreanaz to call him Daddy of the Week. Uh, it was part of his Fox contract with Bones. Uh, so, David Boreanaz, congratulations. It was written in your contract. Um, we do have an in-flight question this week, uh, and it came to us via voicemail. Hey, TV Pilots License. Super excited about your review of the Bones pilot. And we know Bones is responsible for the rise of awesomely awkward product placement. And <laughs> just the same way, you guys are known for your awesome YouTube stream. So what I want to know is, for each of you, what would be your awesome awkward product placement on the YouTube stream for TV Pilots License? Can't wait to hear and hope many of them become future sponsors. Wow. Uh, thank you so much, David Boreanaz, for calling in. <laughs> well, first of all, Michelle, thank you for that question. <laughs> Second of all, uh, in case you're curious, we do have a YouTube stream and you can watch us on there as well as anywhere you get podcasts. But, gentlemen, what would be your awkward product placement that you would like folks to see us using during a podcast? Well, you know, here at TV Pilots License, we try to find ways to spice these pilots up. And when I want to spice things up, I add a dab of Zabs. <laughs> yep, I'm talking about Zabs hot sauce made with Dateel peppers. Uh, based in Los Angeles, California, Zabs hot sauce adds a nice little kick to any dish from eggs to pizza to stir fries and more. They even have hot honey. So if you need to add a little kick, why not try a dab of Zabs? Wow. And then for, for myself, you know, sometimes... My taste is a little bit questionable. And if you have questionable taste, why not try Jepson's more? <laughs> <laughs> if you have questionable taste. <laughs> if you ever want to yell at an episode of Bones, Jepson more. <laughs> you want to feel your bones? <laughs> Do you want to feel Jeff's bones? <laughs> Jepson's Malort. <laughs> Do you want your <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, we are so far off the rails. <laughs> this is my favorite question so far. <laughs> Jepson's Malort. Do you want your friends to be angry at you? Try Jepson's Malort. Rich, what about you? <laughs> yeah, Rich, what's an arm's length of you right now? <laughs> oh, no, uh, a cinnamon roll. <laughs> um, no. Uh, I have to say, uh, this week's Daddy of the Week segment is brought to you by Dude Wipes. If you ever want to know how David Boreanaz gets that ass clean as a whistle, it's Dude Wipes. Oh, Rich, you missed GoDaddy.com. You missed GoDaddy.com, oh, and I'm really, because that was my other one. Um, but 
Thank you so much, <laughs> Michelle, for that question of the week. I am crying right now. Um, but oh, my it God. Is only, you can see me crying if you watch this on YouTube. Uh, and you'll learn a little bit more about submitting those questions later in the episode. Um, well, gentlemen, let's talk a little bit about legacy of this show. 12 seasons and 246 episodes. Um, this show really maintained fairly sustained sustained success as far as an audience that watched it um up until season 10 that's when they saw their viewership drop um it averaged around 8 million oh, it took people. 10 seasons for it to drop yes it, 8 million it took, viewers per episode it, it took nearly how many episodes per season uh 24 up until the final season was 12. It took 240 episodes of people looking at bones to say, "Hey, I don't know if I want to look at bones anymore." Um talking about the show makes me realize how much um like TV discourse with like sites like Vulture or like on Twitter is such a bubble cuz Bones has like 240 something episodes and I've never heard anybody talk about it jeff's like yeah the ratings dropped off they only had eight million people <laughs> and meanwhile twitter's like this show won 68 emmys and only 12 total people watched it <laughs> <laughs> so um season six was the most successful season of the show as far as ratings go sure. uh 11.57 million viewers per episode uh was where it peaked uh it also peaked at number 29 as far as uh, top shows in the United States. Uh, the show did have two spinoffs. One was a small web series that was, talk about product placement, like Sprint sponsored. It's called Ligaments. All these, <laughs> all these uh, it, was all, it was actually, uh, ready for it, Rich? Oh, no. It was called, it was called Bones uh -huh. Skeleton Crew. Nope. Um, nope. <laughs> um, there was another show that actually was a spinoff of this. It was made uh -huh. by the same creators. It's called The Finder. We'll probably do a... What do they find, um, what do they find Jeff? Is it Bones? It's, <laughs> no. Um, we'll probably do an episode um, about guys, The Finder in the future. Guys, I just did a little bit of uh, forensic research myself. Oh, God. Do you know if there are more episodes of Bones than there are Bones in the adult human <laughs> body? <laughs> they ran out of them. That's why the um, that's why the viewership dropped. They ran out of new, new bones. bones. <laughs> so this is like the reason a lot of people have heard about the show is because it is a syndication favorite. Um, so this show premiered in 2005. It started uh, syndicating on TNT in 2008. So the show was already like well within its way and they were syndicating full seasons on TNT. It only took that long for them to hit a hundred episodes and start syndicating it. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as other things, uh, Rich last week, you made a comment, um, <laughs> oh, about, or a couple weeks ago, you made a comment about the big bang theory being like McDonald's. And I think from an awards perspective, this show is a lot like McDonald's. There is a lot, of it, but according to critics, it isn't really great. No, there's there's no uh, over, bones in the McRib. I've checked. Yeah, over 12 years, there were 42 nominations, uh, only two creative Emmy noms, uh, and they only got eight wins of those 42 Damn. nominations. Um, in case you're curious, um, there are DVDs and Blu-rays of all the, these episodes, as well as they made a complete series Blu-ray package of all 246 episodes in one set of Blu-rays. Holy shit. God. Um, and just, you know what? The WGA strike is still going on right now. Uh, this is a WGA strong podcast. Uh, there is a possible Actors Guild uh, strike as well. So um, one thing I really wanted to mention is this show was part of a gigantic lawsuit against 21st Century Fox. Uh, and when they used Hollywood accounting, which if you don't know what that is, super slimy shit, ah. highly recommend uh, researching it. But the producers, actors and writers of this show won their lawsuit and were paid out one hundred seventy nine million dollars of missing profits from 21st Century Fox. Uh, so, hey, Hollywood executives pay the talented and amazing people who make TV 
and movies as well as theater possible uh, because otherwise you might get sued for a shitload of money. Yeah, damn. That's a lot of bones. No, no bones about it. <laughs> but that is the legacy of this show. Um, Rich, it is time for your game of the week. All right. This, I have to say, this is one of the hardest shows to try to figure out a game for. And since Max just brought up the number of bones in the body, I wanted to give you a little quiz of, uh, is this a name of a bone in your body currently, or is it a metal band that I found in the, in the lower cards of a metal band festival that takes place in Europe? Cool. All right. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jeff, the first one is for you. The Oloxus. Okay, I'm I'm going back into my personal training uh, certification because I did have to learn some bones. Um, <laughs> the hip bones connected to the leg bone. The leg bones I'm going to say the Oloxus is a bone. Uh, it is a band. Um, <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> they took away my certification now. This is harder than I, this is harder than I realized. Um, okay, uh, Max Camphor. Uh, that's a bone. Uh, that is a band. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, the maxillae. How is that spelled, Rich? M-A-X-I-L-L-A-E. That's a bone. That is a bone. Congratulations. Um, Samadrial. Uh, can I get the country of origin? <laughs> Germany. No. no. <laughs> I, I, feel like the country, uh, un- I feel like the country of origin might give it under a... Undercard of a metal band. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Jeff, the PC form. The the PC form? Did you just say PC form? No, uh, Pisiform. Pisiform. Ah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm very familiar with the Pisiform, um, <laughs> which I assume is also a bone. It is a bone. Congratulations! <laughs> and the yeah. very Let's and go. the very last one because I can't keep making you guys uh, do this all day and. and uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, band logos are really hard to read. <laughs> so these are all the bands that I could actually have legible in from these posters. Uh, Max, the last one for you is Incus. The Incus? I-N-C-U-S. Let's go bone, baby. It's a bone. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Great job. Well, Rich, thank you for that game of the week. Um, as our flight is coming to a land in an airport that is supposed to be Dulles, maybe, but also is most likely L.A., um, I have two questions for you, gentlemen. One is, do you think this show could be made today? And then two, would you continue watching this show? I'm going to... I'm going to say, yeah, it could be made today. I feel like there's nothing holding anything back. Like people are still watching the 85th season of CSI or, or SVU or whatever. People are not, you know, getting rid of procedurals anytime soon. Also the Deus Ex Machina machine that, uh, that Max just mentioned, I don't think that really exists. So we could just keep going until the technology really exists and then give it 10 more years. And then Rich, would you keep on watching this show? Hell no. <laughs> go home. <laughs> Take your bones and go home. Max, what about you? Yeah, I kind of got to agree with Rich here. I mean, procedurals have been around before us. They're going to outlive us all. Uh, these shows are perfect little encapsulated 44 minutes of TV that have a neat little beginning, middle, and end. You could just throw them on whenever, anytime, out of order. So, yeah, bones could totally be remade or just any sort of procedural for that matter. Uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not going to keep watching this show. I'm so sorry. It's, it's an absolutely bonkers encapsulation of 2005 TV with like hard pulsing electronic music, uh, weird sexual tether, like energy, uh, heavy handed exposition. I, I don't know. It's just, it's not, it's not for me. <laughs> All right. I will round us out. Um, so one, I absolutely think this show could be made today. If they want to do make a third spinoff, uh, I'm going to call it Bones Jr. So Bones <laughs> is the head of uh, the Jeffersonian and their child uh, is working as an anth- a junior anthropologist. Um, can't wait for it. Fox, Wait, so it's call. like, is it like MasterChef Jr. where it's a child solving crimes? 
Yes, 100%. Jeff, I'm, I'm surprised way. you didn't mention this in Legacy, but you know what? The show had its own candy, right? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brittle oh. bones. <laughs> oh, God. Um, as far as continuing to watch this show. What am I doing here? <laughs> Let's. Um, <laughs> what are we all doing here? <laughs> there, there's two. There's two things I'll say. One, this is an excellent laundry folding show. Uh, this is a fantastic laundry folding show uh, because you know what? Sometimes you just need to hear some ridiculous dialogue and laugh a little bit, uh, and that is what I've been doing this entire podcast. Is just laughing at some of the ridiculous things that we've said that they say on this show. With that being said. Rich and Max, I implore you, <laughs> the next time you see Bones is on and you don't have to go anywhere. Oh, like, uh, I grab, thought you were going to stop. Grab a bottle of <laughs> Jepson's Malort and uh, play a fun drinking game with this show because Dude, holy voice. crap. There are so many things. Yeah, wipe your ass every time that, <laughs> that they say the word bones on bones. Uh, you're going to be – and make sure to use our referral code. Um, with that being said, our plane has landed. Um, I would like to uh, make sure that folks can find you. Where can we find you, gentlemen? Uh, Rich, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me putting my phone down and going to touch some diatomaceous earth at uh, at Damn That's Rich on Instagram. All right, Mr. Forensic Scientist, where <laughs> can we find you? Uh, you can find me uh, enjoying a stiff cocktail out of a science beaker and on all things <laughs> social media at Maxwell Singh. You can find me trying to locate my nearest forensic anthropologist. Uh, but you can find me on social media at run Jeff run on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> you can find the TV pilots license on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and anywhere you listen to podcasts at TV pilots license. If you have a question about the show or for our next episode, which we will be celebrating the 25th anniversary of sex in the city. Um, so really excited to wow. have that for y'all the 25th anniversary of new york congratulations new york <laughs> um you can email us at tvpilotslicense at gmail.com give us a call at 213-290-1713 or watch out for our dms where we will inevitably uh be sending out a story or welcoming your dms if you have questions um with the plane landed and the seatbelt sign off we look forward to flying the bright skies of the TV world with you again soon. And until then, bones, 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 b